0: I was <laughs>
1: To the Haunted Heart Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You are sitting here with your hosts, Kenny and Katie. And we're here to deliver trash to you for the third year in a row. Not we are. That's really awkward sounding because it sounds like <laughs> we a, only we've do only done it one year.
0: episode a year. Stunning. But it's sometimes fine. it feels like that, I'm sure.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I bet they they would love for us to only do one episode like, a year.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, but yes. Oh my gosh. Happy post Valentine's day, folks. This episode's coming at you after Valentine's. We hope you had a good one.
0: We hope that you did. We hope that you're still here with us and we hope that you are hanging in there. We are doing marginally better than the last (laughs) time that we were here together.
1: Just marginally.
0: Um, yeah, but we're hanging in, and it's all good. I heard from some of you guys who were kind of worried about us. Hey, it's okay. It's all right. We're hanging in. You know, <laughs> we're we're kind of pernicious. We're a little bit like cockroaches, like the cockroaches of mental health, where, uh-huh. like, it just gets so bad that you're like, wow, I'm worried about them. But we hang in there. It's fine. We can make it through the nuclear holocaust of, of mental illness,
1: I think. I, I, at this point. Would, I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. Just... Scurrying around, just hiding in the little corners and crevices, yeah. and then next thing you know, we're scurrying across that counter, searching for food.
0: <laughs> is scurrying across the counter like our up, our up days? <laughs> like is that the, is that the goal?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's our up So we're days. still cockroaches. <laughs> our really good days is when we're in like Joe's apartment level, like musical mm. going, but that's very rare. Mm. Mm, Otherwise, we're just scurrying across, getting a little morsel of of something and carrying it back to our hovel. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's true. But we you know what? We aren't, though. I don't know. Alone. (laughs) Despite. Aren't we? Despite what the darker parts of my nature might try to convince me every moment of the day. We are not alone because we have a bunch of brand new Patreon subscribers who have signed up to support the show.
1: One might call them
0: patrons. One might call them insane. <laughs> or
1: that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not
0: sure why they're here, Absolutely. but I'm so glad they are.
1: I'm glad too. I'm I don't know why glad. I said that like I'm I gl- wasn't. I'm
0: glad too. I'm worried about them, but I'm glad. <laughs> uh no, we have we have three new patrons to welcome to you tonight. So I, I guess can't believe it. I know. I guess we gotta get very off our thematic. asses and get to lighting some candles. One might say. Three. Three, three is thematic? Three.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's our third anniversary. Three. Oh. Three. Three. Oh, got The it. Trinity, the Unholy Trinity, if you it. will. That's what we'll call these folks.
0: Yeah. The Unholy Trinity? Yes. All right. Official, official unofficial nicknames. Uh-huh. There you go. You have been dubbed. All right. I am going to get this show on the road, and I am going to welcome Miss Autumn Rose. And Autumn is a brand new Stay Spooky Squad member. Stay Spooky.
1: And I am welcoming Tom H into our Haunted Heart harem.
0: Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least, I love when people do this. We we have a one-namer, like Prince or Cher. I am invoking Mindy, who is a brand new Stay Spooky Squad member.
1: Stay Spooky. All right. Our unholy trinity of Patreon subscribers, thank you so much. Your support means the absolute most to us uh it is you and everyone else that is a part of the patreon that helps support the show and it helps keeps uh, keeps us running keeps us fed mm-hmm. well it doesn't keep us fed <laughs> <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> it, it, it does it it, it, feed it allows us.
0: us to pay our editor which is much appreciated because absolutely <laughs> it is quite necessary so absolutely. we Very love much. joel and we want him to get paid
1: Yes. Everyone so. just everyone thank Joel. Joel, have your moment right now.
0: He's good. He's a good one. Yes. All right. So what are we doing this week?
1: I don't really know. Um, <laughs> honestly. So I went last week. Uh I had some good feedback. A lot of people uh you know, a few comments were like, you know, they really liked the fun. story. They it thought was it was fun. They loved uh, um I don't think anybody Said anything to me about Speedy, but our one guy, August, a weasel man, they liked him. Uh, yeah, They loved our uh, characterizations of him. So that was great. We did that. So I'm pretty much just in the passenger seat. You're the one that's driving us into the unknown.
0: Well, we had, we had these, I mean, you guys know us. We had these grandiose plans. Um, did we? we? Well, we wanted to revisit an old theme that Mm -hmm. we had done before. We wanted to revisit, in fact, the first theme that we had ever tackled on the show for you, which the OG Haunted Heart listeners know is jilted lovers.
1: Yes.
0: So all the way back three years ago, when the world was bright and beautiful and full of potential, (laughs) Kenny and I sat down <laughs> at his kitchen table and we recorded an episode on jilted lovers and we covered mm-hmm. two different stories and we kind of like did a little, like that was back in the days when we would try to cover two stories per episode and we would like rush through it and it'd be all fucked up as opposed to now when we actually like take the time
1: Yeah. Um, to <laughs> savor it.
0: it. Yeah. But, uh, but back in the day we were doing the most and, um, so we wanted to kind of like revisit that theme because we were thinking, you know, it would be it'd be really cool around Valentine's Day to talk about jilted lovers. And so that is kind of how today's episode was born. Yes. So I have a little story for you. I have a I have a tale, if you will.
1: A tale. I love a tale. Love a good
0: story. Uh, yeah. Well, that well, you're in luck. Am I? You're in the right place. So I have a, a tale prepared for you, and the name of that tale is a very unnatural crime.
1: Oh no! Well, crime in and of itself is unnatural, right?
0: Uh, Maybe some not. would argue not. Some would argue that crime and violence is innate within us and is part of human nature. It's <laughs> I
1: Can't stand you. <laughs> 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 I just love that you just twist it like that.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: God. Absolutely. But here at The Haunted Heart, now, we're generally fans. We're generally big fans, actually, of things that are unnatural. Unnatural hair colors, unnatural foods and flavors, unnatural perturbations spawned by hours and hours spent researching the most heinous of crimes and unsettling bumps in the night, both of this world and of the net. Mm-hmm. Point is we tend to like the unnatural around these parts. And this story is no exception because my friends, the unnatural element in question in this particular story, is none other than good old-fashioned lesbianism. <laughs>
1: The most unnatural. The most unnatural. Congratulations,
0: lesbians. You have won the title of the most unnatural. We are all very jealous of you. Congratulations. Um, This is the story of Alice Mitchell and her murdered lover, Freda Ward, termed by newspapers of the time a very unnatural
1: crime. I'm just here to tell you that I am of the opinion that on the the hierarchy of queerness, like lesbians are like just on another level.
0: Love them. Yeah. Love them. Love them. (laughs) Nothing like them. Nothing like a lesbian. (laughs) I will tell you that in my experience, in my, you know, limited world experience, limited to just my life, right? A lesbian is always there for you. You Mm. know what I mean? Like, Mm. I mean, I'm just saying, but I don't I, know that I would have to deal with my attachment issues if I were a lesbian. I like, will, it's just, it's just this, like, <laughs> it's just this fucking queer shit that is tripping me up. I if will, I could go full lesbian, then I think I'd be okay. I would,
1: I will tell you though. Yes. The uh, very, very, it's a very, very powerful force of queerness there behind lesbianism. Uh-huh. But I'm going to tell you what, I worked with a lesbian couple one time. Mm. And they had like I thought. Me and my husband, being gay men, had like some bad fights, yeah. bad arguments. Yeah, nothing compared to them.
0: Nothing. No. Nope.
1: Jesus. Oh my God. I was. I clutched my pearls several times.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe not. A lesbian man. argument. I'm a, I'm a child. I'm a spoiled <laughs> child, and I have to be treated like a princess, or else, um, I, I get upset. Yeah. They, mm. <laughs> maybe I couldn't. Maybe I couldn't be a real lesbian. <laughs> because I have to be spoiled yes (laughs) anyway so this case right this is now patreon folks may I'm not going to say you will I'm not going to put that on you but you might recognize this case as one of the coloring pages that we released for patreon um folks for valentine's day we posted if you if you're on the patreon and you haven't looked Maybe go look. Go check that Um, out. There's some shit over there. But we posted a friend of the show, A to Z. They have an Etsy shop. She made these custom um, coloring books or coloring pages, rather, for the show. And there were, like, three different ones. And she, like, did, like, one that was themed, like, Sasquatch. They were tarot-themed. And one was, like, Sasquatch. That was, like, the hermit card. Um, the fool was Pennywise the Clown. So, like, tapping into, like, horror. And then the lover's card was actually about this case. And that was sort of by design.
1: Interesting.
0: Um. Yeah. So, that was kind of, like, the inspiration. So, shout out to Julia for that. Um. She has... We will try to link her Etsy shop in the description of this episode because she actually has a promo code for all our listeners. Uh, for one dollar off at her shop nice. and her stuff is already really reasonably priced she does like coloring books and they're really good listeners who have kids they're really really good for kids because it's like a to z, so it's like letters so they're like learning to read and shit while they're mm-hmm. coloring mm-hmm. it's really cool so if you I, have kids you should check it out i kind of want one even though i don't have kids
1: I, <laughs> I plan on getting there and coloring some of those pages
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. They're they're really awesome, like, coloring pages. Like, I kind of just want to tattoo them on my body. I thought the same thing. Um, I was like, damn, those would make... Those are, like, really good. Yeah, they're really awesome. So, we'll link her in the description box, and we'll put the code HAUNTED there for you in case you want to buy from her. We would encourage you to do that.
1: Yes, support small businesses, which is another throwback. You know, we used to do that quite frequently. Shout out, you know, smaller businesses, so um, we should...
0: Bring that, Bring that back. If Absolutely. you have a small business, email us your information at thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. We will shout you out. We love small businesses in like the horror space or like mm-hmm. the magic space or even like, you know, Just like self care. I mean, I love space. Um, if you have like a Star Trek memorabilia shop, I will shout that the fuck out on the show. I don't, and it's not even consistent with our branding, but I will. I will. <laughs> so, anyway, back to the K. Back to the unnatural
1: crime. Back to the lesbians.
0: Alice Mitchell was born in 1872 to parents George and Isabella Mitchell. Supposedly, Alice was never interested in the toys that young girls were interested in. Instead, she preferred to play on the swing in her yard. And also played both baseball and football with her brothers. Now, interestingly, they never tell me what toys it was that she wasn't interested in that young girls were. But like playing on the fucking swing and playing baseball and football was like literally what I did as a child. So I don't really think I I feel like a lot of the backstory on Alice Mitchell, because the case is so old, is written to make her seem like the most stereotypical lesbian ever. Mm. And it's like. Oh, she didn't like girl toys. She played on a swing. And I'm like, does that mean you <laughs> want to fuck women? Like is is what is it about the swing action that like makes you want to have sex with women? I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: I mean, swings can be fun. But but for all genders with anything.
0: <laughs> so, Alice had four siblings in total. Um she had two older brothers, Robert and Frank, and an elder sister, Maddie, and then um her middle sister was Addie. She was closest with her brother, Frank. Together, Alice and Frank played with marbles and practiced shooting a rifle. Again, things that I did as a child. Alice also liked horses and helped to take care of her father's horse. Her mother tried to teach her sewing and needlework, but Alice never enjoyed doing this work, nor was ever able to learn how. Because it tell was you what. boring as shit.
1: Absolutely. I took a home homemade class one time.
0: <laughs> Somebody's really fucking hard.
1: And, you know, they gave us, like, a little sample of fabric, like a little square, and they gave you a button, and you had to learn how to sew the button into the square. Yeah. And I just could not.
0: (laughs) You were fucked up over that. So I (laughs) couldn't
1: get—I could never figure out, like, the getting the thread through the needle just frustrated me, like, so much, and I'm just— you know, there's that little bit of like Virgo cusp in me that's like, I have to be perfect at everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to know how to do it. Right. Yep. And it just didn't work out. And so I think I ended up just like crying and <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I, just broke, I, think I just broke down because you couldn't get the fucking <laughs> yeah. button yeah. into the fabric. And I'm like, why do I need to sew this fucking button into this fabric? It's not going to anything. This button isn't closing anything. Why am I sewing this button You're onto this square? Crisis.
0: So I, I can sew well enough to mend things. Like if there's a hole in something, I can like sew it up. If there's a, like where I could maybe sew a patch on it, I can sew a button on, but I can't sew. sew. like I've, I'm in awe of people who are like, oh yeah, I, I got this pattern and I'm just going to sew this fucking shirt. And I'm like, how do yeah. you do that mm-hmm. magic? I love like friends who do creative things like sewing and stuff. I, the closest I can get is crochet.
1: Shout out to Christy. Um,
0: Yeah. Christy's incredible, uh, our murder mod squad uh, member, and also the host of
1: Snacks with Stein. Snacks with Stein, co-host.
0: Yeah, with co-host with Daniel, who is also our other murder murder mod squad member. It's real. It's a real incestual family over here <laughs> in this corner of the podcast world. <laughs> incestual and in- lesbian. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I guess you're honorary, Kenny. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, people who can sew are wizards, and we should respect and love them. But Alice Mitchell was not one of those people. Nor she am I. She's was not a wizard. No, she was not a wizard, and that's why she was gay. If you can't sew, you're gay. <laughs> um, which is ironic. Right? For, like, all the gay men who are listening to this podcast while sewing incredible things. So, anyway... Alice hated the fucking sewing, loved the pussy. That's how it was. Uh, she was apparently not interested in boys as a child when most girls became interested in boys. And in fact, as she grew older, she was sometimes rude to young men.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That is the most heinous offense of them all. Of she was horror. sometimes Rude.
0: Rude to young men. I'm going to tell you what. You came here for a horror podcast and you are getting (laughs) it today. Rude to young men. Have you ever heard such a thing? Oh, no. I surely haven't.
1: Oh, no. What will those poor young men do? They're so fragile.
0: What will those poor young men do? We have to protect them. (laughs) So as Alice grew older, she enrolled in and attended the Higby School for—actually, I think it's called Higby School for Young Ladies in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to Memphis! And this was where she met Frida Ward. Alice and Frida were very open about their relationship. They kissed, hugged, and held hands openly. But these displays of female affection weren't exactly considered official homosexual behavior during the late 1800s because as intimate female friendships had come to be known as chumming in Memphis. So basically like it was normal to walk down the street holding your like non-sexual, non-romantic girlfriend's hand. Right. I mean, yeah, it was just like, it was sort of like society viewed women as little girls still. And so like, it was normal for like, just like if two little girls are walking down the street, holding hands, Right. Like it was fine for two grown ass women to be walking down the street holding hands, which right. I'm all for. Hold hands with whoever you want to hold hands with. I mean, sometimes it just feels good to hold your friend's hand and you should do that. Um, Kenny won't let me do that because he has holding hands. the opposite kind of attachment issues as me. <laughs> um,
1: I think TikTok tells me I have avoided Avoid avoidant attachment you
0: do do. yeah and i have i have anxious attachment so it's a really fun friendship for us like it's a really good time because i need to be basically inside of his body at all times and he needs me to be 10 feet across the room i
1: just need everybody to be 10 feet across the room (laughs) right but six feet just
0: covid precautions
1: So, but, yeah. yeah, no, and then there's also the fact that, oh, a woman could never possibly, you know, yeah, they couldn't want to just be with a woman, right, not and yeah. not a man, yeah, right? Like, that would never happen. Uh, truly, she, that would uh, never she, happen. Of course, she would just always want to be She's with a man. She's not having
0: the best sex of her life. What? Out every no. Other day. That's She's... not happening. <laughs> Can I just
1: say, I, for some reason, I thought we were in, like, late 80s, early 90s. But we're in the eighteen hundreds. So
0: technically we're in the seventies, eighties, but of the eighteen hundreds. Right. Not the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I bet the finger banging it in the carriage comment really threw you then.
1: <laughs> well, the finger banging didn't the carriage. The carriage. The carriage did.
0: You're imagining like a Cindy Lauper thing. Uh-huh. Like there's just a lot going on. There's a lot Girls of on. Girls just want to have fun. No, it's less of that. It's more petticoats. Got it. So so this was sort of something that was like considered normal. And And it's one of those things where, like, I kind of wonder, like, the story reads very much to me, like, maybe at that time, Memphis was potentially a hub of lesbian activity that, like, maybe it was like that everywhere, but maybe, maybe it was like a spot where, like, lesbians sort of, like, congregated because things were, like, open and fairly, I mean, it it was not open to the point that you were talking about it, Mm -hmm. but it was just sort of like, we just don't really... We well, you clean. have to
1: go back and look at the history. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you you could there have potentially been a Home Depot there, right? Maybe,
0: maybe if it's that the is home the case. Of home Depot. Like, like, maybe the there was.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you know, you maybe. put in a Home Depot and lesbians shall come. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Except I have to shop at Lowe's now. Oh but yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, we officially switched over to Lowe's in the, <laughs> in, the in the lesbian and lesbian adjacent community. Um, we've made the transition. Yeah, so chumming. We were just chumming in Memphis, and like if you if you kissed your girl or hugged your girl or held hands with your girl, it's cool. We're just chums. We're just chums. Yeah, we're just chums. So obviously, though, Alice and Frida's relationship was considerably more serious than just chumming, and I don't think they were the only ones. Alice, especially, was said to have a bit of an obsession with Frida. Shortly after the young women became close, Frida's family tragically left Memphis and moved upriver to Gold Dust, Tennessee.
1: Ooh, sounds fancy. Not Gold Dust, Tennessee.
0: hmm And of course, because Alice and Frida no longer lived in the same city, they only saw each other occasionally from that point on. But when one of them would make the trip to see the other, they would stay together for weeks at a time. When visiting, the two would share a bed at night. Frida was reportedly not as serious about the relationship as Alice was and was interested in two men in addition to Alice. Mm. Don't you judge Frida. Frida's Mm -hmm. working through some things. Maybe Mm -hmm. Frida has some attachment problems. Maybe. Maybe Frida's just trying to find her way and find her path. We will not judge her here. Frida's just an open (sighs) lady experiencing what the world has to offer her. Okay. Just a little defensive of her. <laughs> She's okay. trying to live her life. I'm not, we're not shaming Frida.
1: No, no Frida shaming We're not
0: shaming her. She was just trying to, you know, figure things out. Mm-hmm. But Alice done already got him figured. And Alice figured that it was going to be Frida or bust. So, Alice and Frida continued dating until Frida's eldest sister and surrogate mother, Ada Volkmar, which is a villain's name if I have ever heard one in my life. Ada Volkmar. Ada Volkmar. Ada Volkmar. Doesn't that just dry up all the fluids in in your body? Ada
1: Volkmar.
0: Volkmar.
1: My name is Ada Volkmar. Yeah. And I am here... To ruin everything. To ruin everything.
0: Yes. So Ada was not a fan of this relationship and forbade Frida to communicate with Alice. But Alice was pretty clever, as lesbians often are, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as most lesbians are.
0: Alice was pretty clever, as it turns out, a lesbian in the late 1800s had to be. And she devised a scheme in which she would dress as a man, marry Frida, and take her off to live in St. Louis as husband and wife with Alice under the assumed name Alvin J. Ward.
1: This sounds like a movie.
0: Yeah, right?
1: This is very much, give. this has given me very much like a old school, old Hollywood like mm-hmm. plot line here.
0: Hmm. Yep, so she's going to live as Alvin. That's a tough one. I don't Alvin. know why you wouldn't choose like Alan or like.
1: Alvin.
0: Alvin is tough. Alvin. Alvin is a is a decision that Al. you've made. Hey, you Al. could choose Al, Al, Alan. Hey Al. You could Alex. You could choose. You could choose a lot, but she went for Alvin. Alvin. So. Alvin. So it was her plan that she would you know live as Alvin and she would find work to support Frida and they would live as husband and wife. Frida accepted the proposal and it seemed like things were looking up for a brief moment. But reality, as it often does, came crashing down around them. Goddamn reality. When Ada Volkma.
1: Ada Volkma.
0: Discovered the women's letters, including the particulars of the proposal. And she sent a letter to Alice and Alice's mother, Isabella, warning Alice to stay away from Frida. As a result of her relationship being exposed and not being able to see Frida, Alice fell into a deep deep depression. It was quite difficult for her. Now there's not a lot on like how Frida dealt with this. Cause obviously, I mean, I know like we talked like earlier sources seem to suggest that like maybe Frida wasn't that into it and maybe she wasn't that serious. And she was talking to these two other guys, but like when Alice proposed that they live together in marital union. Like, Frida accepted, so she had to be serious on right, some level. Right. Like, she didn't blow off the proposal. She accepted it. So, I feel like this story, like, the way that the story has been recorded, and of course, there's not a, lo- a ton of different source material to go off of, but, like, I feel like the way that the story is told most often doesn't give us insight into, like, how did Frida feel about having her relationship ripped away from her by her weird sister mother, who seems like maybe she had <laughs> some control issues herself. <laughs> sister mother. <laughs> but like th- th- we don't really get much from Frida's side of things and how she felt about it. But Alice did not did not do well. She she didn't she didn't she
1: didn't she, well. didn't she didn't not take that too well. No. Oh
0: okay. Um. She was rarely with her family, and she would stay awake at night. She ate very little. Alice would spend her time remembering her relationship with Frida. She would observe an old photograph of Frida and just reread her letters over and over. And she often signed receipts with the name Frida Ward and then claimed that she didn't realize what she was doing. So she, like, clearly it was something that was on her mind and she was just haunted every moment of every day.
1: Damn.
0: Which is awful. Yeah. Feel for her. Must be tough. So Alice isn't doing well. And it's like that for a while. Um, and then on the night of January 25th, 1892, Frida Ward was out on the town in Memphis, go figure, with her older sister, Joe Ward, not a- Ada Volkmar. Not Ada. Not Ada not Volkmar.
1: Ada Volkmar, the Power Rangers villain. Yeah, right. Isn't that a song, Walking in Memphis? Yeah. That's a song. Okay. Yes.
0: Which is weird because I just heard that song yesterday for the first time in forever. So it's very strange <laughs> it's, that it came up sings, again. Who sings, who sings hey, that? I'm walking in Memphis. Walking in Memphis. Walking. I think we're going to get copyrighted for that. Oh, Jesus. Um, Who's going to copyright it's, it's us? It's by a band that I don't think. Oh. Hang on. We're going to have to get to the bottom of this because now it's going to be the unofficial anthem of this episode. Mark Cohn. Huh? Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna be by somebody you'd remember. Huh? Mark Cohn. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay.
1: All right. Well. Yeah,
0: it's a good song. It's a tough one. It's it's weirdly sad and nostalgic, and like you don't really understand why because I was really only in Memphis like once, maybe twice in my life, and I ate barbecue, and it wasn't really that big of a deal. <laughs> like, I mean, it was nice, but it was a good barbecue.
1: It wasn't like that North Carolina barbecue.
0: No, that's it, or or the Alabama barbecue. Actually, Alabama's got some good barbecue.
1: Uh, I don't know. That hasn't been verified yet.
0: It's good. It's good. So anyway, on this night, January twenty fifth, eighteen ninety two, Frida is is walking in Memphis, if you will, with her older sister Joe Ward and her friend Christina Purnell. Frida, Joe, and Christina were headed towards the river to the steamboat. Or the Ora Lee, which would take <laughs> them to Goldust, which is fucking hilarious, and I just caught it because it's two <laughs> words: the Aura Lee, the Ora Lee. Yeah, I caught that immediately. Oh,
1: the Ora Lee. Oh
0: <laughs> man!
1: Hey, who who runs that steamboat?
0: God, only in the lesbian episode. Okay, so here's the deal: Memphis had to be the <laughs> New York City for lesbianism of this time <laughs> because the steamboat is literally called the Oralie.
1: That's like a drag name if I've ever heard one.
0: My God, iconic! <laughs> <I> <laughs> Ladies and it's gentlemen, still running.
1: welcome to the stage, Oralie.
0: Can we ride that? Like, can we go? Oh, I can bet we you, go- can. <laughs> can we go you can. Absolutely, you can. Can we go to Memphis and take that?
1: Excuse me, I'm looking for the Oralie. Yeah, <laughs> is she available? She is she, she available now. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe she. Might be.
1: I would imagine she's probably turned into like a an Airbnb mm. situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know.
0: Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know that I. I don't know that I'd want to Airbnb that though. Steamboat's one thing. Airbnb seems like a lot of commitment. I got to bring all my shit. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Frida, Joe, and Christina—they're headed towards the steamboat and they're headed back to gold Dust when out of nowhere, Alice appeared.
1: Uh, I thought it was going to be Ada. No, unfortunately.
0: And Alice, she just sort of out of nowhere slashed Frida across the face with her father's razor. Uh, Joe. Frida what did sister- I
1: tell you about the drama? What did I tell you at the start such, of this? Such drama. What did I tell you? You got to be careful.
0: Truly. Um, Joe was, of course, Frida's sister, tried to protect her by attacking Alice with an umbrella, but it was to no avail. Further angered by Joe's attack, Alice sliced Joe's collarbone. Frida, bleeding and disoriented, was finally killed when Alice took a deep slice across her throat. After killing Frida, Alice went back into the wagon that she had followed Frida and her sister and friend in, And told Lily Johnson, who was the driver, what she'd done. Now, Lily decided to take Alice home instead of to the police. Mm. Later, both Lily and Alice were arrested. Lily was released on bond, but Alice had to remain in jail. Okay. So, Alice was tried that summer and was declared, quote, presently insane, end quote. Which is probably, (laughs) like, one of my favorite like ways to say that she was presently insane Insane. (laughs) I think I should set up like an out of office message on my emails that's just like sorry um I'm not available right now I am presently insane Uh, I'll get back to you when I am feeling more sane get back to you when I'm feeling more grounded okay yeah you take care best wishes
1: best (laughs) best
0: what if that was your sign off presently presently insane Katie
1: (laughs) (laughs) presently insane Kenny
0: I'm gonna start signing all the haunted heart emails that way (laughs) that's what I'm gonna do presently insane Kenny and Katie yeah uh yeah so so they they declared her insane meaning and and the way that they did it like they said that she was insane before the murder um according to her own testimony
1: due to her lesbianism
0: Well, I think that was a factor, but um, probably, you know, the the whole knife attack thing also played in there. Mm. But according to her own testimony, Alice said she killed Frida because if they could not get married, then there was no reason for either of them to live. And no one should marry Frida if she could not. All charges were dropped against Lily Johnson. And Alice was ordered to the Western State Hospital for the Insane located at Bolivar, Tennessee. She died there in 1898. Wow. Yeah. Which actually wasn't that long. I mean, she attacked she attacked and murdered Frida in 1892 and Alice died in 1898, so she died 6 years later.
1: So what's with this uh woman driving the getaway carriage here?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that Why, was did questionable anybody circle back it, on her like They dropped all the char- they dropped all the charges.
1: Huh. That's suspicious.
0: <laughs> That's suspicious. <laughs> Yeah. Alice. And by the way, you know, I mean, we talked about it all the way, all the way back at the beginning, but it might've, might've been a while ago for you. If you're like me, then you don't, dates just don't register when people are like, this person was born in such and such a year. I just don't, for some reason, my brain just doesn't take that in. But Alice was only born in 1892. Um, So she was only 20 when she attacked Frida and then she died at 26. So this was, this was a young person's story. Basically, we know not, what
1: she died from.
0: No, it just she says just, she died in the mental asylum, which you know. um <laughs> not, She uh,
1: died from being presently insane. I'm
0: sure it was from the conditions of the mental asylum in the late 1800s.
1: Oh, oh, they weren't up to par. What might you wouldn't think?
0: uh no, wouldn't you say. Would, wouldn't I would say, say quite par? below par. <laughs> Actually. I thought
1: that the women though were just getting like masturbated frequently in those places.
0: No, that was an outpatient type thing. So oh. like you would go to the doctor. Like this is bomb as fuck. Like you used to be able to go to the doctor and be like, doctor, I'm just anxious, and then he would just like masturbate the hell out of <laughs> you, and then you until you relaxed. And I'm like, why is that not a treatment nowadays? Why do these people want to give me all these drugs? Like all I need is just a little touch. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be a amazing. But then again, I'm not attracted to my, to my current family doctor. So I would have to make some changes, I think. Mm. Mm. Or maybe just look at a poster or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, um, I don't, I couldn't find, I I couldn't find what she died of. This is kind of like a fun little case that I think like there's like a niche of people who know all about it. I actually didn't know anything about this case, to be honest with you. Before it was brought up by our lovely, lovely coloring page artist. Yeah, Julia. I was wondering. I she died the- of tuberculosis, by the way. Oh, she did. Just so you know. Oh. Yeah. In the mental asylum, which totally makes sense because they had everybody like right up under each other and like tuberculosis would like sweep through those places and kill tons of people.
1: Everyone. TB was a
0: thing. Yeah. So damn. TB cut her short.
1: Cut her. Oh, interesting oh. choice of words. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, so that's the story of Alice Mitchell and her lover Frida.
1: That was Very tragic interesting. Tale. We never got any um, you know, like whatever happened to this uh, Ada villain that we've got going yeah, what on. A bitch. What How happened How about you to her? just
0: let people be in love and let them be happy, Ada? How yeah, about you just do Ada. that? But also don't also if it doesn't work out, don't murder people. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're like both it's tough. In the
1: wrong here.
0: I get it. It's tough, but you, you you can't be murdering people. I think maybe Alice had some trouble with some anxious attachment issues as well, I think. So, unfortunately, therapy didn't exist then. <laughs> so, just a tough spot. Yeah. Understand. I don't condone, though.
1: Understand, but not condone.
0: Yeah, just go to That's therapy. That's key here. Instead of, instead of anything with blades. Just stay away from me. Even though I did happen to buy a knife and go to therapy in the same week, but I, I, there was no, <laughs> it wasn't a conscious thing. <laughs> but I did do those things like almost back to back. And reflecting on it now, it seems. What kind of a knife did special. you buy? Just a knife. Oh. To like be able to cut things open, like, you know, plastic. I just want to be a more capable person, you know? <laughs> Instead of relying on nothing others.
1: you're saying is like <laughs> helping at all. <laughs> nothing you're saying is helping. Any <laughs> I just want to be a more capable person <laughs> capable of
0: murder. <laughs> no, it's cute. It's like purple. Uh-huh. It's purple. Yeah, it's it's good. Good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great.
1: That was fun. Um, definitely love that story. Uh that was cool. That was interesting to try to uh, go back to, like, what we used to do back in the day when we would just blow through topics like nobody's <laughs> business. Blow through back. topics like we were on the Oral League.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. It's uh, it good. That was
1: awful. That was a bad joke. Yeah. It was so bad. So I think my, uh, when we when we talk about our first episode, so you did your case. I don't even remember what the fuck that case was on.
0: I think it was the um, Tall, Hot, Blonde.
1: Tall, Hot, Blonde.
0: Yeah, Tall, Hot, Blonde. Great case. <laughs> tall, Hot, it. Blonde.
1: Yeah, and I did a, well, it was our my first topic and also our first sort of like movie recommendation that we did for The Loved Ones, which is still an amazing mm. movie. Definitely, I still recommend it. Three years later, go back and watch it. But I kind of, same vein- but just a little bit different. I kind of just created a list of some of my favorite go-to Valens, Valens, Valens Day.
0: Valens-Dins Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day.
1: Valentine's Day or films. Please, I prefer Saturnalia. I <laughs> Please, thank you. Please.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not celebrating Valentine's just today. I'm celebrating Saturnalia.
1: Saturnalia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We did we did an episode on that too. Yeah. Uh so I know that Valentine's Day is passed, but that's fine. Horror is forever. Absolutely. So Unlike whatever, love.
0: <laughs> unlike
1: love, actually. Uh. Absolutely. So I'm gonna give you my top five. This is what I definitely recommend when you are feeling like you need to slash your lover, but don't. Don't just do watch that. these nope. instead. Mm-hmm. Alice mm-hmm. maybe if she or th- had or therapy or, or therapy,
0: therapy. Dude, probably therapy maybe both maybe both That's maybe
1: true. both but definitely not murder
0: yeah not that either
1: way you go about it last option definitely uh not murder so here we go my number five recommendation is going to be and a lot of these are going to be pretty thematic by the way would be My Bloody Valentine. Fuck yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to suggest that one if you didn't put it on the list.
1: Of course I was going to put it on the fucking list.
0: It's very good. There are two of them. There's the original and then there's the remake with Jensen Ackles. He's uh-huh. really fucking hot. 1981
1: and then in 2009.
0: Yes. 2009 version, man. He's, he's so hot. Even though it, he's so hot. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. <laughs>
1: Yes. So the film focuses on the residents of a small town that is plagued by a serial killer in mining gear, very sexy mining gear. Yeah, it's
0: it does it does does a lot. It yeah. I don't really like caves and shit, but like we could just go inside like just the first part of the cave and we could pretend that we're like deep in the cave.
1: Did you know that (laughs) deep in the cave? (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that it was the first R rated film to be projected in real D technology and to have a wide release of 1,000 locations in 3D-enabled theaters.
0: I didn't Very know that, Very new actually. technology I in think 2009. I, I think I went to watch it in 3D, and then I was pissed because, like, I couldn't see, like, his facial features as much. And it was just all this, like, shit coming out at my face, and I was mad.
1: Yeah. I was really pissed. It got mixed reviews when it came out. Uh, some said that it was just kind of formulaic and generic, um, criticizing its screenplay, wooden characters, and 3D technology. However, many did consider it to be better than the original 1981 film. And also, fun fact, uh, Jared Padalecki also starred in his own remake at the same time in Friday the 13th.
0: Absolutely. Yep. So there we go. The connection there, in case you aren't a Supernatural fan, although I feel like there's a lot of crossover, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles are the uh, two brothers that star in the hit TV show. Supernatural.
1: Yes. Number four on my list is Audition, which is a 1999 Um. Japanese horror film based on a 1997 novel. And it's about a widower whose son suggests that he should find a new wife. He agrees and with a friend stages a phony audition to meet a potential new partner in life. And after interviewing several women, becomes interested in uh, one particular lady who responds well to him, although as they date, her dark past affects their relationship.
0: Ain't that a story? Yeah. Wow, what a...
1: It's a little crazy. This film's definitely yeah, interesting. If you've never um, seen It show. was originally a project of the Japanese company Omega Project, who wanted to make a horror film after the great financial success of their previous production, The Ring, mm-hmm. or Ring You, as I believe it's called. Audition was received positively by Western film critics on its release, with many noting the final torture sequence in the film and how it contrasts with the non-horrific scenes before. The film has appeared on several lists of the best horror films ever made and has had an influence on other horror films and directors, including Eli Roth. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Definitely check that one out.
0: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, uh, that's kind of one of the, I think, it's one of the big, like. One of the big horror films, yeah. you know, it's like a, it's a it's a like a touchstone film. There's nothing else that's quite like audition and it's kind of notorious for that. Pretty much.
1: Number three on my list would be Valentine, which is a 2001 American slasher film directed by Jamie Blanks and starring our late 90s, early 2000s Scream Queen, Denise Richards and David Bor- uh, uh Shit. How do you pronounce his last name? David Boreanaz.
0: The guy from, um, from Angel. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, but we're going to call him
1: David Uh, and Catherine Heigl loosely based on the novel of the same name by Tom Savage. The film follows a group of women in San Francisco who are stalked by a killer wearing a Cupid mask released theatrically in February of 2001. The film was critically panned with critics deeming it too similar to 1980s slasher films, which what The the fuck, which what? Fish what? I don't understand. I don't understand, bitch. <laughs> I don't understand. The film earned $36.7 million on a $10 million budget. All right. Fun fact, one of the very few film trailers to have a female narrator. Huh. Yes. Catherine Heigl has disowned the film. <laughs> She really claiming that she hates it. She uh, didn't read the whole script before accepting her role. Sounds like her fucking problem, if you ask me. (laughs) Absolutely,
0: don't say shit about it. Uh, Although that is some shit that I would do as well.
1: She only read the scenes containing her character. I
0: I believe that she's supposed to be such an ungodly cunt.
1: In a 2005 magazine interview, she said she regretted the decision to appear in the film after seeing the final cut of the film. Again, <laughs> sounds like your problem. You didn't read the script.
0: Yeah. Don't complain about it. I mean, I don't blame you for doing dumb shit like that, but don't complain about it after the fact. I don't think I've seen that movie.
1: It's a really good film. So it has Denise Richards in it. I think she gets pretty early off. Yeah. And actually, what was funny about this film is that you had like a lot of the title. Or a lot of the what do you call the actors who are uh headline on the yeah, on headliner. the front like De- Denise Richards and Katherine Heigl and yeah. and and David they had like the least amount of screen time in the yeah. entire film yeah. but they were the ones that were headline yeah it's actually a pretty it's a pretty crazy film honestly um there's a scene in there where she's opening up a box of chocolates and she's like eating them and it turns out to be maggots yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty good Um, Hmm. it's that like old time, like not old timey, but like, it's that good old fashioned early two thousands, just cheap Mm -hmm. or like very much in the vein of like urban legends and Mm -hmm. you know, that type of vibe. Very cool. And then number two on my list is, and I actually did watch this on Valentine's day is Bride of Chucky. Mm
0: -hmm. One of my
1: personal favorites, Mm -hmm. 1998 American comedy slasher film. And actually, one of the directors of this, and I realize this is why I like this so much, um, Ronnie Yu, who later went on to direct uh, Freddy vs. Jason, which mm. I also love. And it makes sense because they're very similar. Um, this is the fourth installment in the Child's Play franchise. It stars my queen, Jennifer Tilly, as yes. the voice of Tiffany, Brad Dorif as the voice of Chucky, John Ritter, and again, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> so she
0: regret this one? <laughs>
1: I don't, she didn't say, I don't know. I'm like, you did that one, but then you did, well, this one was in 1998. Mm. The other one was early, Was later, so I don't know. But anyway. Um,
0: I don't know about her. None of us do.
1: Unlike the first three films, Bride of Chucky takes a markedly humorous turn towards self-referential parody. It does not continue the concept of a child in possession of the doll, but it focuses mainly on. Chucky. The film was released on October 16th, 1998 and grossed $50.7 million worldwide on a budget of $25 million. Fun fact, writer Don Mancini was in fact inspired by The Bride of Frankenstein, hmm. as noted by the scene in the movie when Tiffany, right before she gets killed, she's watching The Bride of Frankenstein, which yeah. I thought was a cute little like uh, nod to that. Yeah. Yeah. And to date, this is actually one of uh, Brad Dorff's favorites in the franchise
0: well done it's a good movie
1: and one. number one which is really hard i did want to put bride of jackie number one but i put this one number one for me um and that is the rage carry two mm. which is a 1999 american supernatural horror film uh directed by cat shea and it's kind of stars um like these are kind of unknown people Um, Emily Burkle plays the main main character. Um, They do bring back Amy Irving, who reprises her role of Sue Snell from the first film. And its plot follows the younger half-sister of Carrie White, also suffering with telekinesis, who finds uh, that her best friend's, uh, trigger warning here, uh, suicide, was spurred by a group of popular male classmates who exploited her for sexual gain. And the film is a sequel to the 1976 horror film Carrie, based on the 1974 novel of the same name by Stephen King, and the second film in the Carrie franchise. The film was released on March 12th, 1999, and received generally negative reviews from critics. I don't know why. I Just <clears throat> critics of 1999, I need to have a word with you. The film was a box office bomb at the time of release, grossing $17 million against a $21 million production budget. Wow. But has since, as most films do when they bomb at the box office, has since developed a cult following. Hi, I'm cult following. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Hi, it's me. I'm, Hi, I'm it's me. Following.
1: I'm cult following. Many fans feeling it was unfavorably compared to the original rather than being taken at its own merit and some fans even preferring it to the original. Another fun fact, during filming of the climatic party bloodbath sequence, it took three attempts to shoot Rachel using her telekinetic powers to shatter these big, huge glass doors in the scene. Mm -hmm. On the first take, Emily um, flinched, and on the second take, she showed her clenched teeth. On the third take, they were able to finish the scene as they wanted it, with her showing no facial reaction. Real glass shattered by the blowers was used for this scene, and Emily received multiple cuts on her skin, back, arms, legs, and backside. After the shooting of each take, she is deliberately not shown afterward from the back to hide her injuries. Jesus. She was a boss-ass bitch. Yeah. I mean, like, First of all, we should be making sure that we're taking care of our actors I mean, and please. not shooting fucking blowing shards of glass yeah. at them. Yeah. Most definitely, but also also appreciate I can't appreciate the commitment, but also like condemn the actions of the people who were setting this up. Right. But I love this film. It's probably one of my favorite go-to Valentines films just because of its whole like revenge Action. You know I love a good, like, revenge moment. It's no secret that Carrie's one of my favorites. Like, I'm definitely that meme where it's like, good for her. Holding a drink in my hand, good for her. And when I'm watching that scene, which sort of takes the old, you know, prom scene from the first one, but then incorporates it into this sort of, like, modern, for the times, teen party, and there's, like... CDs being telekinetically thrown around yeah and slicing that was cute. People the CDs thing and, was cute and different things like that. but this just something about that like badass moment where she's standing there and I think she, she has a, a rose tattoo with thorns and it just like starts to grow move. and move yeah. across her body and she just I don't know it just took it to another level for me. I love the Carrie franchise and I think it is the perfect revenge horror for you to watch and just sort of release that anger. That you might be feeling around this time of the year, <laughs> Katie.
0: <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I'm doing really great. So those That's are my cool. top five. Those no, those are, my are top good. Five. I was I gonna.
1: I was gonna do a. Um, I was just gonna do one film, but I was like, nope. Let me do five films.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why would you not? Absolutely. Well, that's fun. So you, got, you got, got yourself a little true crime, got yourself a little horror. Mm-hmm. It's a good Haunted Heart night. Absolutely. It? It's a staple. Absolutely. Well, I think that means our job here is done. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm to ready. Go. Get, I, it's time for me to
1: get on the Lee and head out. <laughs> we got we to gotta <laughs>
0: climb aboard the Lee and head on out. To pasture, to gold dust, Tennessee. All right, guys, you know the drill. If you want to get more of us anywhere, um, I don't know why you would. But if you do, if you want it, it's out there waiting for you. We're on Instagram at The Haunted Heart Podcast. We are on Twitter at The Haunted Heart. We're on Facebook. If you search The Haunted Heart, you'll find our page. If you would give us a little like, give us a little review there on Facebook. And you will also find the Haunted Heart Podcast group on Facebook. Please join if you haven't joined the group and you listen to the show. I really do encourage you to join us there. It, it's really fun. The discussions are always really cool. The memes are always fire, and uh, and everybody in the group just is really. I'm I'm so proud of our little group. How how everybody supports each other and
1: absolutely, it like other. it's very no sweet. drama.
0: It's very sweet. Yeah, no drama. We don't we don't do that. Mm-mm. We don't have the bandwidth for that. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. We don't. It's just not a thing that we can do. Yeah. So um, do join us there. If you have episode recommendations, like topic recommendations for future episodes of the show um, or film recommendations, or you just want to say, hey, what's up? You can always find us on email, thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. And we will get your message. We will write you a message back and we will send you some love. Um, Kenny wants me to threaten you guys to please, please rate, review I do. the podcast. I do. Um, we love getting reviews. We love seeing them, but we may even read them on the show. So definitely drop by whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on and make sure that you have given us five stars and let us know what you think. And then the only other thing is Patreon. If you are interested in supporting the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehauntedheart. You can sign up there. Um, Tiers start at a dollar a month and you can sort of join the club. You can get a candle lit on a future episode. You can be invoked and we will send you all the good intentions for health, wealth, and happiness and whatever else it is you might need.
1: Mm, Yeah, all of that. Mm -hmm. Ditto. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I think that is the housekeeping for you.
1: That is. That is all of the housekeeping for you this evening. So, like we said, we're going to get in our carriage. We're going to head on over to the Orly, head back up to Gold Dust, Tennessee. And that's where we'll be until it's time for us to come back at you with who knows what. It might be true crime. It might be
0: a bunch of mess. A bunch of <laughs> shit. It might, it, be, might be- it might
1: just be exactly that. Me... <laughs> in Just a bunch of mess <laughs> sitting here at the mic trying desperately to search for words inside <laughs> of my brain that can come out of my mouth and make some sort of sense
0: yeah but until next time until Kenny gets his phrasing together you know what you have to do you mm-hmm. have got to for the love of all that is unholy stay spooky